This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Ritu and Lindsay on from Limeade, and in particular they do work inside of Limeade. It's going to be interesting to, for them to explain. And we're going to be talking about what could work from home, or WFH, uh, look like if we did it right, which is on everyone's mind, Every everyone that works in HR and in recruiting, everyone kind of cares about this topic. So let's just jump right in with introductions. Ritu, uh, introduce yourself. And then, Lindsay, you introduce yourself, and then one of you introduce what you do at LimeAid. Great. Thanks so much. Um, my name is Ritu Sandhu, and I am the director of LimeAid Institute. So what LimeAid Institute is, um, is the research function within LimeAid. LimeAid focuses on the employee experience as a whole. So what the institute gets to do um, is really focus on the research and science that informs everything within the employee experience, because there's a lot of it. There's a lot of research in that space. My background is in organizational psychology. Um, so I absolutely love this stuff. And um, I get to work with the research team and we conduct both primary research. So some of our own research as well as um, secondary. So what's out there already existing in the academic world, what's been conducted recently, what's existed for forever that we can rely on to understand um, how do we do things well? How do we care for employees? And let's listen to them. What do they need? So Ritu, so what before, oh, yeah. you, before Lindsay introduced herself, so are you a PSYOP person? I am a PSYOP person. Absolutely. I've, I've spoken <laughs> at PSYOP a couple of times and uh, two things about PSYOP people, a propeller heads, two, uh, not afraid of alcohol turns out uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least has been my experience now I might have been hanging out with the wrong crowd so I'll just I'll leave it at that but uh, great no, all kidding aside great really really great group of people so uh, I'm, I'm glad that you are one of those folks um, that's funny Lindsay yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself yeah, absolutely. Really excited to be here. My name is Lindsay Legreed. I'm a senior advisor for the Limeade Institute. So um, I have the really fun job of kind of taking all this incredible research that Ritu and the research team does and then figuring out how in the world do we get that out into the world in the right places and modalities so that people can use it. So really making research actionable to serve our customers and form our product roadmap and help the market move in a more human and progressive direction when it comes to the employee experience. I think we really are in the midst of a once in a century opportunity to transform and rethink how we make work happen. Uh, and, you know, we've got some early signs that some folks are missing the boat on this, but um, also some really interesting, um, very human approaches that I think uh, I, I'm excited to see how they unfold. It's interesting because COVID, I think a lot of people have said the same thing, but we, we were on some of these paths before COVID, mm -hmm. but COVID sped some of this stuff up. 
Right. Right. Like, you know, some, some level of flexibility or work from home or remote hiring or remote work that, that wasn't completely foreign, you know, to us, everyone working from home on Friday. Yeah. That was, that was a bit, that was a bit traumatic for everyone. Um, <laughs> but, but again, I, I think you're right. It's a once in a century, maybe, maybe even more than that. Uh, we have an opportunity with a great opportunity to and you know rethink the way that we do things so let's uh let's jump right into what could work you know what what work from home could look like if it's done well so we'll start Ritu want you start us off and kind of give us what you think it looks like and then Lindsay you follow her yeah you know what's what's interesting is that and, and you mentioned this you said we've sort of we had to, we sped up into work from home and we just kind of jumped right into it. And I think what's interesting is that we, no one planned for this. This wasn't a perfectly planned, we know what we want to do. We, it's all coordinated, figured out, everything's going to work out for everyone. It was, we, it, we were thrown into it. Right. So I think that one thing that um, some companies that are itching to get back or even have made claims to be back on a certain day or already back, you know, yeah. said, let's come back. We're ready to come back. I think that we're, we're forgetting that this wasn't an ideal situation. This wasn't a we are now all working from home, period. It's we're all working from home because we were thrown into this. So this hasn't been an ideal situation. And I, I think that it is an opportunity, though, to learn, okay, well, what's been working, given the sort of context that it's not an ideal situation for a lot of people. Um, most people probably weren't prepared to be working from wherever they, they began working from, whether that was still at their place of employment, I'm sure things look differently, or if it was from home. Um, so I think that there's actually now instead of let's just go back to how things were because that's what we knew I think we actually have a really good opportunity to to look at the two and say what have we really liked and what we've seen from research we've conducted is folks really really like the the flexibility mm-hmm. and the what what comes with that is really thinking about what do I need for my life? What do I need to do my best work? And having the choice, having the the sort of um, ownership and saying, I'm going to continue to do my best work. People aren't slacking. I think that there's been this perception that work from home is sitting on the couch, eating a bag of chips, watching TV, and you're not doing anything, right? You're not really doing work. But our research has shown that people are if not um, at the same level of productivity, there may be even more productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's fi- figuring out where you thrive. So the individual, the employee in this case, has to figure out where they thrive and where, where that, what that looks like. And so does the company. They've got to come to some type of understanding. I've, I've seen here, especially in Texas, I've seen a Labor Day as some type of line or demarcation of, okay, everyone's going to come back to work after after Labor Day. And it's like, you know, not everyone wants to go back. First of all, not every, some people want to go to the office. So let's, you know, that's stated and covered, but some people don't. And so having that, you know, what people kind of overuse is hybrid uh, mm-hmm. as a term, but just having the flexibility of saying, where do you, 
where do you thrive? Like what, where do you do your best work and where, you know, how does the company leverage that? Uh, Lindsay, what's your, what's your take uh, yeah. that's similar or different than, than what we've already said? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what we're saying. It's so interesting to sort of observe this conversation happening in a, in a global scale, because there's just so many sort of bizarre assumptions that we're making. I feel like we have two choices. Either I'm back in the office nine right. to five, five days a week, or I never see you again for the rest of my life. Approach, <laughs> And the beauty is that the answer is going to be somewhere in between for every single employee. And it's going yep. to change most days. Yep. So the catch all here is trust. If you trust your people, they will do great work where it best suits them. I think a part of this conversation that is not happening at the volume that I would like it to be having is the perspective of creating an inclusive workplace. Yeah. So many organizations made statements last year uh, after the murder of George Floyd about their commitment to diversity, mm -hmm. equity, and inclusion in the workplace. And now a lot of what we're hearing is you must go back to doing work the way that we, people <laughs> which, in positions of power, like to have it done. Yeah, which is not, uh, well, is the antithesis to inclusive, right? Like that's, that's actually, it's, it's interesting that you brought trust into it. Uh, Cause I, I really, a, I, I love that you brought that into it. It's like, well, first of all, if you don't trust the employee, why are they employed? You got to hire. I mean, let's just, let's just do some basic stuff here. Um, yeah. Let's, let me ask you a kind of a directed question around, you know, six beneficial kind of a home and, environment look like so y'all have done research on this so what is what is for the folks that are listening what is a successful beneficial work from home environment look like what has your research been telling you yeah i think it's one that's really primarily there's a real center focus on a dialogue between employee and the organization mm -hmm. our research found that over 56 percent nice. of employees hadn't even been asked for their thoughts mm -hmm. and i also think that is going to look different for each employee. You know, if, right. if you're a neurodivergent person who needs certain sensory controls in place so that you can focus, then your work from home situation is going to look different than the extrovert who is, you know, the one of three people who take up 70% of the time in most collaborative meetings. I think that's another myth that I'm a little frustrated that we continue to hear is we have to be in person in order to collaborate. And mm. what that tells me is we have to be in person to collaborate again, the way I, a person in a position of power, like right. to collaboration done because I'm extroverted because I like human interaction. I don't have social anxiety. I don't have family members in other countries who are still in the very depths of the, the COVID pandemic. I'm ready to return to things being done the way I like them. And so everyone else should too. And I think after having over a year of space to acknowledge the magnitude of the sacrifices that people were required to make in order to do work the way that we did it before, not being the kind of parents they wanted to be, not being the kind of partners they wanted to be, not taking care of their own well-being. Mm -hmm. We're seeing this like digging in their heels. They're not going to make that sacrifice anymore because it's been proven that it's unnecessary. And mm -hmm. so what we're seeing is people in power. For a lot of knowledge workers, the air's out of the bag or the air's out of the bottle, right? Now I know that I can do that job remotely and do it to, you know, and do it better mm -hmm. uh, to reach his mm -hmm. point. I can actually perform at a higher level and I don't uh, necessarily have to go to the box to do the job. What I find, uh, and it just validates some of the research that you all are seeing on the employee side is on the recruiting side, the word commute 
is it, it creates, um, you know, a reflux action mm-hmm. for candidates because okay. everything goes swimmingly job comp, everything's, you know, they're just moving the conversation through. And, and then all of a sudden the recruiters got to hit them with, Hey, listen, you know, with this particular job, you got to be in the office two days a week, you know, there's flexibility there. You can kind of pick the two days, but two days, they really want you to be in the office, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden that person, that candidate, you know, Google maps it and goes, yep. Hey, that, that's an hour and a half from my house. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. Gonna do, I'm not going to do that. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> and they don't have to, they can go work somewhere. That's not going to make them do that. Yes, exactly. In terms of the commute that actually emerged as we asked, we conducted a recent study um, across, I think five different countries and had over 4,000 folks responding to this full-time employees, and we asked them how they felt in terms of moving forward, looking forward to the next year and what they were anxious about. (laughs) And what do you, you know, for, especially for folks who were previously working on site and thinking about going back to that, the, one of the top three. So of course, one was being exposed to COVID-19. Right. Yeah. Of course. Fair safety. Got it. Next, the idea of having less flexibility. Yep. Third was commuting to work again. Oh, yeah. I don't need to learn Spanish. Got it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can only do so many books on tape before it really right. gets boring. Got it. Right. <laughs> it's a really good point. And, I, and Lindsay, <laughs> to, to the point that, that you're making around um, those that are in, in positions of power and thinking, oh, I can do this or I'm fine with this. Let's just go back to the way things were. Another thing that I think we have to kind of realize and call out is there's a fear of changing things up. There's, there's a, we as human beings are hesitant and fearful of the unknown or, well, this is how we knew this is, you know, we know this, we know it works, we know how to do it. So let's just go back to that because it's we're more in control with mm-hmm. having people back in the office. So it's a control thing. This would be a, a little bit, a little bit loaded, but I, it feels like, and again, y'all, y'all sit on data, so y'all are going to be able to tell whether or not this is true or not. But it feels like this is a predominantly male and older male kind of command and control kind of mentality. That you know, I got to see the person to be able to believe that they're working. And I don't know if y'all bro- have broken some of this stuff down into gender and age and some of that stuff, but it just, the, this, you know, the reports you hear out of Wall Street, the ones that alarm me the most is like, you know, you hear Goldman Sachs and JV Morgan. It's like, everyone's coming back into the office. It's like, first of all, to Lindsay's point about that being really kind of an anti-inclusion, just the mm-hmm. concept of everyone has to be back in the office. You know, first of all, we've, we've learned some things, some good things about how work can be done differently but also it kind of feels like these this is just it's protectionism right Right? i think go ahead yeah i do think that's sort of a fair generalization to make you know obviously there's nuance to all Yeah, yeah of course but what i think is so interesting is those same people who are so committed i want to be able to see the person nine right. to five, right. 
seats are also the people that if it was up to them, they would hire a pair of hands. But unfortunately, there's a brain attached. They don't <laughs> want to deal with the humanity of their people. That research that Ritu alluded to of respondents who used to be in a physical workplace and were now considering the prospect of going back to that, 100% of them have anxiety about that. Mm -hmm. How rare it is in research, especially with an end size over 4,500 oh, yeah. to have 100% oh. of anything. And so again, these are these companies that, have, oh, we care about your mental health. Here's, you know, mm -hmm. get a therapist, but please come back to the office nine to five. You'll be, you know, a less present parent. You won't be able to get your workouts in anymore. You'll get less sleep, but I'll feel better. It's because I could see you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 anti. I mean, we talk about in, uh, the uh, the inclusive, and uh, but it's but it's also to your your point about well being and mental health, and and you know those that have family members that they're taking care of or kids or whatever their their home situations like, you know now you're now you're basically suggesting to them that you know job your job comes first, right? And not your job your job in this office comes before all those other things, which is sad yeah. on some level that we didn't learn some of the, some of the, some of these lessons. Let's, let me ask you about transition mm -hmm. in, in the concept of, okay, transitioning to whatever, obviously I think all three of us kind of think the flexibility, ultimate flexibility and kind of employer led, whatever kind of fits them where they thrive. I think we all feel that way. Um, how do you think that organizations should help foster that whatever transition they're going to go through. I think I slow down to start. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what magic about Labor Day. Yeah. You know, why is it a light switch? And I don't even like the word return. Right. Um, the way we did mm -hmm. that before was all that great. So I think <laughs> slowing down is the first thing. What would you say, Ritu? And then asking folks how they feel and what they want and what they're comfortable with. It's yeah. shocking to see how that still isn't happening. There are assumptions being made about, oh, folks are so excited to be back in. We're doing them a favor. We're mm. gonna do this and that. And, but that's just not the case. No. And, you know, so I, I would say, have you asked your yeah. employees what they want? This is where the concept them of- comfortable? employee listening and kind of uh, the mechanisms of pulse surveys and, and finding out in real time kind of what people feel, because it could, it could change. And it, and it often does change from person to person, from day to day, week to week, et cetera. You know, and again, there, there are, oddly enough, I've, I've seen in, in some of the research around fresh grads that they want to go to an office because yeah. it's their first job. You know, they want to dress up. They want to, mm -hmm. they want to, the socialization. Okay. So fair enough. But again, that's flexibility. That's dealing with that in totally. a flexible totally. situation and saying, uh, you know, okay, fantastic. You just graduated from Colgate and you, you know, you want to go to Ann Taylor and buy a bunch of suits and go into the office. Cool. Like, like I, I want to do that mm -hmm. first job. <laughs> like I respect that, but it's almost like personalizing it to every employee and saying there's a place in where you thrive mm -hmm. and that might change, you know, let's have the flexibility to change that. Uh, and that might change for you, but do your best work wherever and however you want to do it right. and letting them drive that. I think, I think that's one of the things I love about your research is it's like, this is employee driven, mm -hmm. whether or not you like it or not, it's going to be employee driven and this is where it'll show up, which I'm sure y'all are, are researching as well is, is in retention. 
Right. And attracting top talent. I mean, yep. think about yep. people just don't seem to connect the dots sometimes when we talk about that, attracting and retaining top talent. But we can all think of name three companies you'd never work for. <laughs> that is an expensive way to be on. That's right. Mm-hmm. That fumble this the way they may have fumbled the Black Lives Matter movement. They may have fumbled yep. early COVID days are going to deal with the consequence of being on that list for more people. And I think it's just so interesting because the answer is really quite simple. It is about trust. Just yeah. trust people to, and tell them to work where they thrive. And so the overcomplication, you know, overcomplicating this and, and needing to have, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Well, why in the world is that? That's, that's completely arbitrary. There's no data to support this. And so I do think we are seeing people quit their jobs. Oh, yeah. We are oh, yeah. seeing massive turnover. Mm-hmm great great reshuffle of 2021 and i think it's going to take time but the truly great organizations are going to be the human and humane organizations 100 top talent and those other companies that don't take that approach they'll still be fine they'll pay big salaries and all that stuff but they'll have a two-year revolving door that will be so expensive that eventually it will catch up to them. And I think I'm I'm so hopeful because employees have so much power right now. Agreed. I do think it's important to acknowledge in this conversation that for the majority of people working, this isn't even a conversation that applies mm-hmm. to them. You know, they've That's been putting their health and their families at risk every day, um, being you know frontline utility work, all of those things. And so there is a, a, a great deal of privilege to this conversation in general, um, but I do think employees in general have power now. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's, it's companies, as you say, companies that listen and understand that. And I think some of this does fall on the, on the, at least at the feet of the chief people officer, chief human resource officer to be the advocate for their employees to then say, listen, we're, we're, we're listening to them and here's what we need to do strategy wise. And if that doesn't happen, there's going to be a disconnect. Disconnect's going to be on the attraction side as you already brought to, to, to bear and also on the retention side. And you also, um, I'm worried and, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what your research kind of sees down the road is how we create kind of second-class citizens or, or different different types of citizens, probably a better way of saying it, with those that are in the office versus those that work for remotely. It will require actual intentional culture work. Mm-hmm. Which yes. You're like, well, we have a keg and we have a ping pong table. So we can- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the fraternity house. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, it's like we didn't learn these lessons. You know, I, 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 love, I love how y'all have positioned this because it's like, we had this wonderful moment where we could learn a bunch of things about how mm-hmm. work can be done, could be done, should be done. And it's like, okay, well, let's go back to December of 19. Right. Or Because <laughs> right, it was working right. so well, but then. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it wasn't working well then. And no. this last year has been ridiculous. So why, to Lindsay's point, are those our two options? Those oh. should not be our two options. No. And no, it, and it does come back to, are we being inclusive? Because, you know, yeah. one thing that I, I do know folks have have maybe felt more of is if, if you were in a workplace where there was a mix of some people um, working on site and then others not working on site, there might be a disconnect where 
you know, there's nine people in person and there's one person on the screen on the video call who's just not included. Mm-hmm. And, and now maybe because there are more people that fall into that camp, that one person, and maybe everyone just feels better and feels more included. So going back again, we, we shouldn't go, we shouldn't have to choose between those two options. We should say, we want to make sure everyone feels included. Everyone is listened to, and we are helping all of our employees do their best work and supporting all of them. And again, it's going to take intentionality and mm-hmm. we're going to have to do something different. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. Go I ahead. One sort of asterisk, a pretty major asterisk that, to this employee feedback strategy, because it's very important, but I was uh, working with one of our customers and they had a, you know, a, a group that was getting together to talk about this transitions. What's next? We're like, let's do a survey. We'll ask what they want. And I was like, um, can we ask the leadership team if they're ready and committed to acting on all the 100%. Ask people about first, because if you ask people, hey, do you want a one Friday off a month for your mental health? And 96% of them say yes. And then you say, actually, just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> just playing. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's pretty much everything you, you know. If, if the C-suite and the board isn't behind it, it's not going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So the really the survey needs to go to them first and go, what are you willing and able to both put money behind and actions behind? And what are you willing to support? And then now let's go find out what our employees really care about and our candidates. I mean, if we're really being inclusive, we look, talk to our candidates, talk to our employees and find out what's, what's going to really unlock their potential and get them excited about the work that they do. And then let's go do that. And again, everyone, it's almost like, you know, one of those, those old books that you'd read and you just design your own ending of the book, yeah. uh, your own adventure. This is kind of how work is now. You design, it should be designed around the individual and let them, again, to the point of trusting them to do mm-hmm. their best work, putting them in a place where they can thrive and, and then trusting that they will thrive. Um, y'all, I could talk about this all day and y'all are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing great research, A, so I would, I, would, I would ask the audience to go to the Limeade website, go to the Institute part of it, and go look at their research and, uh, and consume it because it's, it's wonderful stuff. So thank you all so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This is a blast. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.